Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, a very special show brought to you by one of our listeners. Something you might not know is that if you support us on Patreon at the $50 a month level, one of your bonus prizes is that you get to choose what topic it is that we talk about for one of the episodes of the show. And we have our very first $50 subscriber, and they really did pick anything that we could talk about. Yeah, yeah, I'll say. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) thank you to Sarah for sending this in and stretching us into a topic we might not have thought of. I wrote to her and said, as a Patreon benefactor, you get to pick a topic for us to talk about on the show. The sky is the limit. It is your choice. So it doesn't have to be an on-the-nose topic-wise. It can be whatever you think would be interesting. To which she wrote back, Care Bears and Zuzu Pets and all things fluffy and cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I shared this with Tiffany. <laughs> and she said, "I how are we going to do that? I don't even know what a Zuzu pet is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To be honest, I was, I didn't want to do it. I was like, Katie, no, we've got to have, we've got to have veto power. We've got to be able to say, okay, this topic is, is completely out there. It's, but you said, hey, I can make anything interesting. So this is going to be a test of that. Yeah. Anything interesting. And I actually was kind of delighted that our very first person submitting a topic went wild card on us because it makes it (laughs) seem to me to be more fun. Like, Mm -hmm. you really are the producer of this show. You really do have the reins for your own episode. So while she, Sarah is not dictating what exactly we're going to do, this is her show. Mm -hmm. But first off, just for fun, since you've never heard of a Zuzu pet, uh, my nephew is obsessed and collects Zuzu pets and has for many years. And so I wrote to him and said, can you please send me an explainer of what a Zuzu pet is for Tiffany? Oh. And so here you go. So what does Zuzu Pets looks like? So it has, on the front of the face, he has like a push-in nose button where you could push in the nose and he makes a sound. It also has cute little ears. It has a birthmark on the back where you could press it and it will go everywhere using a motor that has wheels that rotate. It also has nice fur, cute black eyes. I like the Zuzupets sounds because it could be pretty much anything random, like a boxing bell or a whole bunch of other cartoonish uh, sounds from like the 70s or something. And in some of the sound effects, they actually speak and sometimes they say, here we go, which is like the majority of what Zuzupets could say in like English or something. But... Each Zuzu pet has their own unique sounds, which is really awesome. And then, not only do I like the sounds from the Zuzu pets, but I also like some of the looks. There's like two different versions of Zuzu pets. There's the versions produced in 2009, which is like the toy of the year for about three or so years. And they look pretty nice and cute. And in 2017, I think, they produced a more cartoonish look with more cartoonish eyes and all that other cool stuff. So I like both the Zuzu Pet sounds and their looks. All right, so I think we'll leave Zuzu Pets there for the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and really delve more into cute as a topic. You know me, Tiffany. I 
love to look up the definitions of things. Uh And we all think we know what cute means. Although I am going to ask you about what cute, how Italians think of cute. But I decided to look up in my favorite dictionaries, the 1942 Illustrated Dictionary and my grandfather's pocket dictionary, what they defined cute as back in the day. Mm-hmm. And the 1942 dictionary says that cute, it's an adjective meaning sharp, clever, and prettily attractive. Hmm. Clever. I would never have gone clever with cute. And my grandfather's pocket dictionary, which of course always boils it down to one or two words, uh-huh. agreed. It also defined it as clever and sharp. Huh. That has clearly, clearly changed over the uh, over the years. I know. But I wonder. It make it does make me wonder because the word cute is very similar to the word acute, mm-hmm. which when you're describing an acute angle, it's a very sharp angle yes i wonder if there's a connection there that's interesting we'll see now i had to look up where we are in the modern day Mm -hmm. and if you look up modern day like google define cute Mm -hmm. the very first thing that pops up is attractive in a pretty or endearing way Mm -hmm. so we've lost sharp and clever and now it's pretty and endearing and some other definitions i saw said that it was related to having a childlike quality or a youthful quality like acute puppy you know yes that is definitely how i see cute as something that's generally little like if it's an adult person it's generally going to be a small adult person (laughs) unless it's like a man who's like cuddly like a big cuddly man might you might go cute on that but usually it's like a woman who's petite and maybe has a, a youthful face with a dimple or something and then of course children babies pets all kinds of animals just to get back to the sharp and clever thing, because that that's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard anyone say, it's kind of an expression that you might hear in a movie, or you might use it yourself, but like when somebody makes some kind of sharp or clever comment, and somebody's response is, that's very cute, very cute. And I always kind of thought they're kind of being sarcastic in saying that this comment is cute, but it might be coming from there, actually. So the one dissenting opinion that I found in googling the new meaning of cute was in the Merriam-Webster dictionary online. It had attractive or pretty, especially in a childish, youthful, or delicate way, like a cute puppy or a cute smile. But they also had clever or shrewd, often in an underhanded manner, and they used it in a sentence. It says, he's a true patriot and a statesman and a most particular cute lawyer. That's surprising, but I can see how it works. I would think more of like with a cute comment, like a cute, witty banter sort of way might be considered cute. But that's interesting. It's so funny how we how our words lose things along the way. And I'm really curious if it comes from acute. I don't know if they say the um, origin. They do have one other third definition, which is obviously straining for effect, as in the movie's too cute to be taken seriously. Yeah, that makes sense. Here, this, let us listen. Sarah, your show is us reading to you from the dictionary online. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, just I won't read this whole thing, but this is also from Marion Webster about the unlikely evolution of the word cute. Cute is a word whose meaning has gone through a historical transformation. It was a shortening of acute. Oh my god! And was sometimes actually spelled apostrophe C-U-T-E. Acute has meant clever and shrewd since Shakespeare's time and has had a set of other meanings as well. 
but it has never been defined as attractive or pretty. Even after 1900, children were still being called cute as a compliment of their intelligence. A few years into the century, we start to see the word finally in descriptions of puppies and kittens, but the original sense hasn't completely vanished in such sentences as don't get cute with me, where cute has nothing to do with adorable and sweetness. That I have heard that, don't get cute with me. That is interesting. Last thing I want to say about just as a word, it's also a word that young people, particularly young people, will use when talking about an attractive person. Mm-hmm. When they really just mean beautiful, you know, like when you meet a cute guy. You know, it just means that he's handsome, he's good looking. Yes. But when you're young, you usually will use the word cute when it's, you know, someone that you are attracted to. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're adorable or look like a child. It's just just how young people will describe a good looking person. Yeah. So <laughs> I just got to say my husband just like overheard me and he just like <laughs> did a little like a showman like flourish around the face. Caressing of his own. F- he has a flourish <laughs> in his face. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Is he anyway. is he still there? He's here. Can you ask him how an Italian would define the word cute? Well, see, that's the thing. I I mean, I, he's around the corner. I'll I'll see if he'll come in here. But um, there is no word for cute in Italian. The word is adorabile, adorable, uh, which just means adorable. It doesn't. You know, I don't think that there's a direct word for cute. There's carino, which is more like pretty. I guess you could say Carino is cute, but Claudio, he's not going to be on tape. He might be. How do it, what do Italians think about cuteness? What's the, uh, like... Pretty. What about like a, a cute puppy, a baby? Dolce, quasi, dolce, carino. Yeah, there isn't really a word for it. Carino, it just depends. So carino is, is pretty. I don't know if you can hear him. Sweet and affectionate if it's a child. Otherwise, just attractive. Hmm. Just means attractive. I don't. There isn't a big cute culture here like I would say there is in places like Japan. Yes. Japan is like obsessed with all things cute. Yes. It is the cutest country I've ever visited by far. Every sign has some sort of creature, like cartoon creature painted on it. We could post one that I took a picture of because it was at the he- at the front of a rotting pier. So it was basically a sign saying, don't go out here, danger, with a cute little lion being like, no, 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 not here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is kind of nice. It's, Less authoritarian, I guess, if you have a cute lion being like, I don't suggest it. Uh, (laughs) I wonder what it is about that culture, though, that values so strongly this like face with huge eyes. I mean, whatever it is, it's a face, whether it's an animal or a little girl or even a donut. Food (laughs) has personalities in Japanese cartoons. Whatever it is, it's got ginormous eyes Mm -hmm. and either a tiny mouth or no mouth. I don't know if you ever noticed, Hello Kitty does not have a mouth. Hmm. Ever noticed this? Just huge eyes. Hmm. What is it? Why are they so, why, not just attracted to it, but it's so much a part of the culture. Yeah. And how does that come about? Yeah. Anybody who lives in Japan, if you know, <laughs> if you've looked into this, drop us a line. Bittersweetlife at mail.com. Yeah. Please. I would love to know. Now, speaking of Hello Kitty, well, when we were preparing for this episode, I said, you know, I don't do 
my first reaction to this wasn't just cute abstractly, as we're sort of talking about now. It was, you know, the Care Bears and the Zuzu pets and the fluffy thingies. The fuzzy things you can cuddle. Yeah, I said, Kate, I don't do that. I mean, I, I'm not into stuffed animals. I just have never been into any of that. As a child, I, I was not into stuffed animals. I maybe had one or two, but I never had an attachment to any stuffed animal. My child does not have an attachment, has never had an attachment to any stuffed animal. I did start racking my brain, though. I was like, is there anything? Definitely didn't come up with anything that you would describe as fluffy or fuzzy or cuddly. But there is something cute. And that is, I went through a period in my life when I was obsessed. And, and my, I'm talking adult life here. I was obsessed for a brief time with Hello Kitty stationery. Okay. Just the stationery. I wasn't buying the figurines or anything like that. I didn't have like a Hello Kitty toaster. It was just about stationery. Mm. And I love stationery in general, whether it's, you know, incredibly beautiful, sophisticated stationery or Hello Kitty stationery. I love the sort of matching envelope with the paper. And if there are stickers, that's a bonus. And I really did get into that for, for a period of time. And I, I don't know why. What started it? I don't know. I think I was, it was when I was living in Boston and I think I was in Copley Mall and there were little kiosks in the middle of the mall. And one of them was a Hello Kitty kiosk with this stationery. And I just, it must have just caught my eye. I was really into stationery that, at that period. I wrote a lot of letters and I saw this and it was sort of like pale blue and dark brown. And it was like a map of Paris in the background with little pastry shops all over like the map, like little pastry shops not noted on this little map. And the stickers had Hello Kitty like holding pastries. And it was just, you know, it is kind of excessively cute. If you look at Hello Kitty stationery, and I have a large collection that I never, I never end up sending all of it. Every different one, every different set has a theme. You know, it's Hello Kitty's pastry shop or it's Hello Kitty's flower stand or Hello Kitty's car wash or, you know... (laughs) It's like, and every single one has all of these details. The glamour of Hello Kitty's car wash. (laughs) I think I I invented that one, quite (laughs) frankly. There was a flower stand, but I don't think there was a a car wash. Oh my God. You know, but it's just, it is excessively cute. I think from now on, every time you have to write a donor a thank you note. Oh no. (laughs) Because we write all of, everybody who donates to the show gets a handwritten thank you note. And Tiffany writes to everybody who's, not in the United States. Yeah, I have <laughs> I have two people on my list that I haven't written yet. Just by the way, in case you're saying, I live in Europe and I haven't got my thank you note. It's because I'm running late. So you can start today. Oh, geez. You can start today. Everybody gets Hello Kitty stationary thank you notes. Okay. I can actually, that, that'll make it more fun. Yeah. Quite frankly. Okay. That'll make it more fun. Okay. So look for those, the two of you who are still anxiously waiting <laughs> for your thank you note. But that's it. That's, that's funny. That's the uh, extent of my cute things that I like, I think. I bet if we kept digging, there would be more. Hey, Tiffany, I wanted to do a quick aside from our topic on cuteness today. <laughs> we'll come back to it in just a second, but I, I wanted to tell you something. So remember back at episode 320, we did an episode called Facing Death with a guest named Jim Demain. I do remember. Who wrote a book called Facing Death, which I'm now holding in my hand. Facing Death, Finding Dignity, Hope, and Healing at the End. And Jim is a medical expert, a pulmonary and critical care specialist that I've known in Seattle for many, many years. We were talking to him about this book and end of life questions in general. And this book, which finally arrived at my house, 
it's just been released into the world, goes into all sorts of things, particularly end of life questions that raise ethical issues. It's pretty good. And I got to say, I've been reading it for an upcoming event, okay. which I'm going to tell you more about in a second, because you guys can all come. Oh, this is the thing right. about book tour now. Everybody all over the world can come to this event virtually, of course. But since we were talking about end of life issues, and I read this this morning, and I thought I would share it with you. This was intriguing to me. So he's talking about how he decided sort of, or didn't decide in a way to become a doctor and how he saw the first death that he'd ever saw. And he was so young, he's only 17 years old and he's working as an orderly at a hospital and he's working with a patient and this is what he writes. One day I walk in to change his bed and I found him unconscious. Panicked, I ran to the nurse's station and a page went out to the house doctor to come stat. The intern arrived and examined him. Well, there's no heartbeat. He's gone. That was in 1955. No CPR in those days. My reaction was confusion. What had happened? Could anything have been done? I think it was then that I decided I wanted to learn more. How do we die? What happens to the dying person? I was wheeling the gurney down to the morgue later as I pondered these questions. I wasn't delving into the mystery of the afterlife. It was simply, how can we be here one moment and gone the next? Wow. Yeah. So of course I will be plunging on. But yeah, this book's in the world. And I wanted to tell you, because a lot of people listening when he was on signed up to get this book because they were interested. And now it's actually, it has joined us as a physical thing. This is a subject that is dear to your heart. You are fascinated by death. I think it's something that we all need to think about and talk about more. Because my fascination with death began out of fear. Mm -hmm. And I think part of fear was a lack of information. All that is to say, if this interests you, get this book. It's called Facing Death. It's by Jim Demain. And also, come join me and Jim at our town hall event, a town hall virtual conversation, which will include a reading from this book read by him, probably better read than what I just did, and a Q&A with me, yours truly, Katie Sewell, your host. It's going to be happening on November 16th at 7.30, and you can sign up to come today. Tiffany will put a link in the show notes if you want to come. I will. And of course, this book can be purchased wherever you get your books, although I recommend an independent bookstore. Of course. All right, let's get back to the cute, shall we? We shall. Another picture you could post, and I don't know if you knew this, but when Derek and I moved to Rome back in 2013, we traveled with a small a pocket-sized stuffed owl yeah. whose name is Hooflet, <laughs> named after a Vietnamese university, <laughs> Hooflet Academy. Okay. And because of who, Hooflet. Right, yeah. I don't remember why we brought him along, to be honest. It wasn't like Hooflet was a major part of our lives. <laughs> but one of the very first pictures I took on the whole journey, the entire experience that it was, living abroad in Rome for that one year was a hooflet in the window of the plane <laughs> as we were heading out. Uh, that's the first picture on the roll of that entire adventure. So I'm not above, I guess I'm saying, of traveling with stuffed things. That said, I do think that once you actually have fluffy things that live in your home, aka the cats, Mr. Ding Dong and Sean, Sean Dong, once they arrive, Anything stuffed in the house is just like, oh, well, don't pay attention to that anymore. Meaning it's going to get destroyed? Not destroyed, but just 
you just don't pay any attention to it. It has no personality anymore. It's almost like you are transferring personality into stuffed objects until you have a living thing that has personality. Right. Okay. It's almost like a way of mitigating the relationship that's just the two of us. If it's just the two of us and Pellet and Hubert, who were the other stuffed owls that Derek's mom gave us, <laughs> then there's four of us. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but now there's four of us because there's Derek and Katie Dong and Sean Dong and Ning Dong. <laughs> You've taken on their last names. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Although I got to say, I've never had pets since I was a child. I still never felt the need for a stuffed friend. I don't know. I had dolls when I was a little girl, but I don't know, just the, the stuff, I don't know, the snuggly, I just never was that into it for some reason. So is there anything since you have lived in Italy for over 15 years now. Is there anything that you've seen the Italians respond to, something that they think is cute or attractive that we in the United States might not agree? Oh, geez. That's a good question. I can't... I just don't think Italians are all that into cuteness. They're more into, you know, the stiletto heels and the black leather jacket with studs. It's a rougher beauty over here. It's just harder. It's like a and even if you look at the like the beauty of the of the Italians, it's just a harder beauty. It's not soft. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the features, the cheekbones and the noses and the chins. They're just they're sharper. They're thinner as well. <laughs> it's not as cuddly, just in general. Well, how does that explain the Baroque period? <laughs> Which I think of as being kind of round and lavish. It is. I don't know. I don't know if this extends to art. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they do. I, I'm trying, I'm literally like trying, to, like I'm casting my mind over popular Italian culture, which I'm not that w up on, quite frankly. You know, here, here's something. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but the way that Italians talk, like particularly in commercials or like when there are voiceovers of movies, the women have kind of cutesy voices. I will say that. It's like sort of almost like a little girl's voice that they will use. And I always say, because Italians are very proud of their voiceover actors. It's a huge industry over here and they think they're amazing and they think they're great actors. And hey, maybe they are really good as voiceover actors, but you know, at the end of the day, it's not Robert De Niro. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I always laugh when Italians are like, oh my God, I love Robert De Niro. I'm like, have you ever heard his voice? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> but the women, and I don't see films dubbed in Italian as a rule, but I have once or twice seen, a, you know, just because I, I wanted to go to the cinema and it didn't have it in English. And I, I swear to you, there's two women who do every single female voice. This is not true. I'm exaggerating. But it seems like there are two women who do every single voice. <laughs> and one is young and one is a little older. The young one has this sweet, high-pitched, very cutesy, soft voice. And then, you know, the more mature one has this sort of like huskier, sexier voice those are the two women and there's like two women in every movie and there's the high voice and the low voice and that is it okay so just out of curiosity's sake mm -hmm. i've never seen an italian commercial because i did not have network tv when i was in italy <laughs> let's pretend and you can do this in italian let's pretend that you're selling me 
on a brand of soap or something. I don't know. Oh, soap. Uh, how would you sound? Um, okay. Well, first I have to think about what to say. As far as I'll know, you could just say soap, 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 soap. Yeah, but I mean, pe- people who listen are speak Italian. I know. We have listeners who, who do speak Italian. So I don't want to. I don't want to like say something that's totally wrong. Well, I'll tell you, there's a commercial that I used to hear when I was over here one summer ages ago before I lived here. I used to see this commercial all the time and I used to kind of make fun of it because it was so over the top and it was a commercial for mozzarella. Mm-hmm. And I just remember them saying, soffice perché morbido, morbido perché delicato, delicato. And it was like ridiculous. <laughs> it's soft because it's delicate it's delicate because it's soft it's soft because it's milky it's you know, <laughs> it was just so oh delicato morbido soffice like just like that i guess i would say it didn't make you want to buy that <laughs> buy that brand i mean not really just i just thought it was dumb quite frankly curious do you think that you could learn italian just from watching tv um some people could. You have to be one of those people who can learn languages really easily, but I doubt it, you could learn it well unless you were a little kid. All right, so back to cute. Do you sleep with any stuffed animals, Katie? Be honest. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> I, going back to those two beasts that moved in and usurped the crown from the two stuffed things that lived in our home, I now sleep with two cats on top of me. On top of you? Well, I don't go to bed that way. I just wake up that way. Oh, <laughs> so God. Some Sounds like a nightmare. Time in the night, they are cradling in. And you either wake up because you're so hot or <laughs> you wake up because you realize that you'd like to flip over and you can't. And that's the <laughs> other problem with living things versus stuffed things. At least when it comes to cats, you don't want to wake them up if at all possible. So there have been nights where I am laying just stuck in a position can't fall back asleep because I'm laying stuck in this position the entire reason because I don't want to wake them up because once they wake up then nobody's going back to sleep you know you know you are talking to a mother of a young child right yeah (laughs) I have some experience with this (laughs) yeah you know you know as better as anyone where you're just like great I guess I'm stuck with two animals between my knees for the rest of the night (laughs) (laughs) This is great. Well, speaking of cats, we had a cat when I was growing up. Wonderful cat. He was just the sweetest cat ever. But he would, he wanted to be in the middle of the bed. And I, you know, I'm talking when I was a little kid and I had like a twin size bed. He had to be in the middle of the bed between my legs, if at all possible. Yes. And I would push him around. I didn't care about waking him up, quite frankly. I would push him and I would push him and he'd come back. I would push him off the bed. He would get back on. I would put him outside and shut the door. He would scratch the door until I let him in. The cat was relentless. Aurelio, luckily, has gotten to the age where he sleeps quite soundly now. It's it's a miracle. It's it's just it's like there's a flip that just switches with kids. I don't know when the age exactly is, but I mean when he was a little baby, up until one or two years old. I remember one time, it was back, you know, when the iPhone had a button. And I literally pressed that. And I'm not talking about like the phone didn't make any noise. It was the sound of the button clicking and the child woke up. I was like, you've <laughs> got to be kidding me. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. I think I, I sneezed, sneezing, and that, that's actually quite loud at that age, you know. I just remember he would wake up at anything. You, you, know, you couldn't do anything. Now it's a different story. He does not wake up easily now, which is really wonderful. So he does get into bed with us. 
couple of nights a week minimum. And it's impossible because if he's awake, because sometimes he has a hard time falling back to sleep when he gets in our bed, it's just like constant tossing and turning and moving and pushing and his feet are in my face and his head is on Claudio's chest and, or, you know, it's, it was much worse when he was little though. Could you drop like a pan outside of his bedroom door right now? And would he sleep through that? I don't know. That's quite loud. But I'll tell you, I was just, when I was just putting him to bed just earlier tonight, I was like sort of going through Twitter, as I do when I'm waiting for him to fall asleep. And I accidentally hit a video, full volume, and he didn't wake up. Hmm. And it was right by his head. And he had just fallen asleep, too. Wow, that's amazing. It's a big, wonderful change in my life. But speaking of cuddly, that's, he is the, you know, like your cats took over the cuddle department in your world. <laughs> I like the idea that we all have a cuddle department <laughs> that needs to be filled. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I To be honest, I don't like the word cuddle, especially don't like the word cuddly. A lot of people can't stand the word moist. It's a big thing. Like a lot of people have a, a sorry, Claudia's making noise, uh, a big aversion to the word moist. I don't have any problem with the word moist. I cannot handle the word cuddly. Why? I don't know. It's annoying to me. And I don't know why. Do you want to know what the definition of cuddly is? All right, let's hear it. Maybe it'll change your thought. Cuddly, endearing and pleasant to cuddle, especially as a result of being soft or plump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, okay, fine. I can, I can accept that you don't like the word. Yeah, it's not about the definition. It's the word. I don't like the word. I don't like how it sounds. Yes, I understand. Snuggly. There's another word I don't like. Hmm. It means the same thing. <laughs> so maybe it is the definition. All these things that most people would consider warm and cozy, you just are repulsed by. I love cozy. That's <laughs> totally different. I love cozy. I've always hated the word tizzy. Okay. In a tizzy? Don't get yourself in a tizzy. Okay. When I was a kid, if my mom said that, I'd be like thrown into an immediate tizzy. <laughs> like <laughs> If it wasn't breaking down that way already, that was the final straw. <laughs> All right, well, we have to end on some sort of cute or fuzzy note. To leave it, what would you say is the cutest movie you've ever seen? I'm going to wait until Claudio stops making noise. You can ask him to. <laughs> cutest movie I've ever seen? Or maybe recently seen. Maybe that's easier. Yeah, Claudio. Claudio says E.T. Oh, E.T. That's a good one. <laughs> ask him what he thinks is cute about E.T. What's cute about E.T.? Claudio. Claudio, what's cute about E.T.? Well, I'm asking you, what is cute about E.T.? Is that if I don't like E.T., I'm not normal. <laughs> I've never liked E.T. I've never liked the movie. As a child, I didn't like it. Aurelio has an E.T. stuffed animal. That Claudio, it was Claudio's. And he gave it to him. Yeah. And Aurelio will turn it around because he doesn't like the eyes looking at him. Mm-hmm. It's the only one. He has other stuffed animals. He will turn E.T. around. He's like, I don't want that thing looking at me. <laughs> But um, he didn't answer the question. He just disappeared. I don't know if he understood that I was asking him a question. Um, honestly, Katie, I think there's, there must be something wrong with me. I don't like E.T. I don't like cuddly things. I don't like Care Bears. Maybe I don't have the cute gene, the cuddly gene. I feel like one of those people who doesn't have a sense of humor. And it's like, I don't understand what funny is. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like backing you into a socially awkward corner, basically. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what you're saying. I mean, why don't I save you by telling you one of the cutest things I ever saw on a plane? Okay. I was sitting seated next to an old man who was dressed 
in a full suit with a vest and a pocket watch. I mean, the man could have been from a different era, <laughs> really. <laughs> but I noticed when he reached to get something, his suit jacket kind of swung open a little bit. And sitting on the inside pocket was a tiny teddy bear. One of those stiff, old-fashioned ones. Mm-hmm. You know, not like a soft, plushy thing, but like one of the ones with the movable arms and the more rigid. And it was also wearing a suit. <laughs> I said, oh, can I ask you about your bear? And and he said, oh, sure. And he pulled him out of the pocket and put him on his lap. And he said, this is Basil. <laughs> My wife made him for me. He travels with me wherever I go. It was so memorable that however many years later, I think I was a high school student, a college student, something like this when this happened. And I still remember Basil and I still remember the man's name. His name was Michael. All because it was just so unusual to sit next to a bear and his man. (laughs) (laughs) So that is we can leave it there. That is pretty cute. All right. It was very cute. It's cute on multiple levels because it's also cute that the bear was made by his wife. Mm -hmm. All right, Sarah, thank you for bringing up this very interesting topic. Yes. And anyone who might be considering donating to our show at the $50 level, I mean, supporting us on Patreon at the $50 level, you have proof now that um, we are not going to um, veto your suggestion. Nope. (laughs) Because if we're going to talk about cute and cuddly things, especially if I'm going to talk about cute and cuddly things, you know that we will talk about anything. Yes. So go ahead. If you want us to talk about something and you don't want us to be able to say no, you know what you have to do. Right. Pledge your support at the $50 a month level. You get a bunch of bonus content and stuff too. It's not that you just get to direct the show, but it is a special privilege to step into the producer role for a change and uh, see what we come up with. Yeah. And for those of you who want to uh, support us at a lower level, we also have tons of great stuff for the five, ten, and $20 level, including bonus episodes. You got to hear a bonus episode last week, which we uh, decided to play for everybody just to give you a taste of what those bonus episodes are like. But we do those pretty often at least once a month and we're gonna we're um, about to do our first question and answer bonus episode which is fun we got questions so we answer those and uh, a little bit more access and a little bit more fun content and if i may tiffany has talked a lot about opera on the show <laughs> i have on the bonus content q a episode one of our listeners finally asked for a taste of what the opera sounds like and uh tiffany delivered i did i sang a little song so there are links in the show notes if you feel like you want to support the show and until next time be cute everyone (laughs) and that could mean sharp and clever don't forget yeah that's how i'm gonna take it and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm katie sewell i'm tiffany parks join us again bye if you love this show you have the ability to keep it going There are three things that you can do right now. First, tell a friend about it. Send a text to someone today. Or make a social media post and tag us. Second, write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you need help doing it, just ask us. Third, vote with your dollars. You pay to visit a museum. You pay to rent a movie online. If you get some enjoyment from this show, become a patron at patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast or donate at our website, thebittersweetlife.net. Thank you for taking action. Talk to you next week. Bye.